Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Tim Tadlock and the Red Raiders still throwing blows in Gainesville, Florida. And we've got a new entry into the Brett Yormark lexicon. We discuss decoupling next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan and a lot to dive into here today. Chris, coming up. In just a bit, we'll get to some sound from Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark as they wrapped up Big 12 spring meetings last week. But first, our attention is still set on Gainesville, Florida, which means there is still baseball to be played. That means the Red Raiders are still alive. That's kind of maybe the more so Gator perspective as they fend off elimination in Sunday's ball game. They're still alive here on this Monday, but that is courtesy of a 2-0 start for Texas Tech, Chris, and then a tough one as they drop Sunday's ball game to the Gators to now lead us to this Monday. But a whole lot of good, and I think some of what we have touched on has been obvious this weekend, culture. What this program has been and typically is, I think, is shining through to a degree here as you take on uh, one of the nation's top seeds, Chris, and you look like uh, one of those scrappy Tim Tadlock baseball teams you have so many times before but you're facing an incredibly talented and an incredibly deep one, obviously, in Florida, and somebody's going home today. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. Um, you, you know, and, and I think as you head into today's game, you know, your pitching sets up a bit better than what Florida's does because you've played one less game. But, it, you know, like, you know, Florida yesterday and then that game, they just had a freshman come out and pitch the game of his life and pitch, you know, longer than he had all season. I mean, this this is kind of, um, you, you know, the, these regionals is really where you, you, you get stretched and you have to kind of get creative a bit. And you see these performances uh, more often than not in, in certain situations where somebody just kind of comes off the radar and, Jake Fisher did that for for Florida, but uh, yeah, the Red Raiders have put themselves in a position to uh, to, to to move on. Uh, everybody's playing for the right to go to Columbia, South Carolina, and and play the Gamecocks next week, who's who have advanced. And so they're you know either either way, uh, one of these two teams is going to uh, Columbia, South Carolina for for next weekend of the Super Regionals. And I think the Big Twelve, Texas has moved on. TCU is still in it today with a, with an elimination game versus Arkansas. I think is correct, and then. Obviously, it's the Red Raiders and the Gators, but uh, she had to get the bats hot. You know, they, they had the one play, I'm trying to remember it was in the whenever, whenever they gave up the four runs. I don't know if that was the the fifth or the sixth inning, but you, you have the double play off a ground ball and you get the double play at home plate. You're thinking, unbelievable. And I, I and unbelievable. The, the TV announcer goes, This is devastating, or this is a disaster for Florida. And then, right. like, a, and then a few, you know, a few minutes uh, later, you know, Florida, it, it kind of started to get some hits and and, and score some <laughs> runs and things like that. But it was just like the highest, the high, lowest, the low, right there in a. In a but you you've just got to play 
cleaner baseball. You know, you you threw yep. you threw one over first base. Uh, you know, trying trying to make a play and. I remember the, the announcers like you know he should should have just ate it right there. You don't need to you know try to force something right there. But anyway, maybe the the bats will get up. But Tabor Fast should be the the starter for the Red Raiders today. And, and I did think the game within the game a little bit too is that you know Flo- Florida has to go to this freshman, and then they went to their their stud closer and Brandon Neely, and and they yeah. they got him for I think just under forty pitches, and so with the, such a quick turnaround. You know, I, I would, I bet, uh, I bet they could bring Neely back to maybe get an out or two, but I, I'd be surprised if you, if if he were to bring him back, you know, for, for a lengthy. So you you kind of, you know, if anything, you you kind of put Florida in a bit of a bind. But again, maybe somebody off the radar steps up for the Gators. I don't know. We'll see. I was really just glad you got some weather cooperation finally to get the game in. Uh, I was fearful of like tech being in a doubleheader situation here today. And then you don't even exercise the advantage or what you thought would be an advantage Great. yesterday against the Gators, but you, you get the weather out of the way. So you get the game in. So now you're going to remain on that schedule, but you're, you're on the money when you talk about some of these uh, pitching performances, sometime freshmen or otherwise that just come out of nowhere. Texas tech has been on the beneficial uh, end of them before in uh, regional play. The Coral Gables regional comes to mind, and that also was a weather split game, I think, Sunday into Monday. Um, but I think Tech had a little bit of that for themselves as well with, with Zane Petty uh, giving a pretty good effort there, a freshman for the Red Raiders uh, yesterday. But like you said, just the bats not really providing that support for what you were able to to get for the most part there on the mound, obviously got a little loose as the game went on. And yeah, it was a little loose there at, at home plate for a, a time period for the game. <laughs> I loved them. We were just throwing everybody out at home plate. I, I wish it would have continued that, but just your standard uh, hit to third base, double play at home plate, you know, routine play, right, Chris? Did you score that one in your book? I'm not even sure what the yeah I, I, yeah that that that's you, you, you could watch baseball for another five years and not see a double play at at home uh, that that was that was wild and you're thinking like best case scenario for for Texas Tech and worst case for Florida but yeah whenever I think Coach Tadlock you know uh, they were they were discussing it he he pushed every right button uh, to to that point and Zane Petty you know he exits he they they put in Jace Lopez and maybe. Maybe that that hook happened a, a bit quicker than it needed to, knowing what we know now. But you know, I, hey, you, you, sure. you win some, you lose some. When it comes to decisions, you try to do the best you can. And you, you you think you're you know, and, and I think Petty had gotten behind uh, for the last I don't know seven or eight batters. He just started yeah. behind in the count, and I just think they you know they were just trying to maybe get out in front of it before the dam broke. But uh, Lopez just couldn't come. He came in and couldn't find the strike zone. So anyway, we'll. We'll see what we get. Uh, I, I think, though, that, yeah, you, you're, you're going to have to, you know, your, your bats are going to have to help you out here today. This offense, this one of the top offenses in the country that we're used to seeing, it's going to need to do its part today for sure. And it can't necessarily just be on the long ball and, and, and somebody like Gavin Cash going, you know, hitting two over the fence like like he did over the weekend. But, uh <laughs> You know, we'll we'll see what we get. And again, I, I think the Red Raiders though have done themselves. Whatever happens, I think this is kind of maybe about what we expected. You, you you knew they would fight a bit. You knew they would have a chance. Uh, and here here they are. 
and it yeah. could go either way. You, you, you're going to be a bit of an underdog, I think, in, in some ways that you're playing a road game against one of the top national seeds. But nationally, if you win this game, everybody's not going to bat an eye uh, around the country because of what you've done uh, in the decade previous. Yeah, no, no doubt. And we're sitting here talking to you on Monday, so we're talking mostly about the most recent result. Yeah. Uh, but a shame we can't spend more time talking about Gavin Cash uh, or, or talking about Mason Molina because their effort on a Friday and then into Saturday uh, were incredible. Guys like Gage Harrelson, Austin Green, you know, some others here or there that have stood out and gotten you to where you are today with a chance uh, still to win the Gainesville Regional. So looking forward to this. That's coming up at 11 a.m. Depending upon when you are listening to this, you may already know the result, but keep it to yourself. Don't tell us. Uh, I want to see it in real time. An ESPN Plus broadcast, I believe. But looking forward to that one from Gainesville, Florida, uh, for the Red Raiders and the Gators. One final go-round as Texas Tech hopes to remain a postseason thorn uh, in the Gators' side. We'll have plenty more on that, for better or worse, on the next edition of Locked On Texas Tech. But coming up dead ahead, Big 12 spring meetings have adjourned. What did we learn? Who's saying what? We'll listen into a couple of thoughts from Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. And how much money did they make? Because that's what makes the wheel keep turning. We'll get to that and more coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. Head over right now to the App Store, download the FanDuel app, or head to fanduel.com slash locked on and find out why it's America's number one sports book. The app is safe and secure, easy to use, and you're always getting paid instantly with FanDuel. And if you've never done it before, now's the perfect time to get started because new customers are getting in on that no sweat first bet. Now up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win that's right two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet don't bank that's with the no sweat first bet so get on over to fanduel.com slash locked on or download the fanduel app again that's fanduel.com slash locked on and get set up with the no sweat first bet and make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Stepping back from Texas Tech baseball and looking at a bigger picture now to wrap up today's episode. Big 12 spring meetings going down. And as we were touching on some of those things last week, Chris, revolving around future plans. Obviously, everyone continues to be highly interested in moves to be made or not made. And only time will tell what those include, either uh, on the left coast, the right coast, somewhere in between, or maybe that knuckleball coming out of like uh, Storrs, Connecticut or something. You, you never know exactly what you're going to get with Brett Yormark in the Big and the Big 12 Conference. But wanted to spend some time here today talking about some of what we did learn last week from those conversations. And let's start that off with taking a listen to the aforementioned Big 12 Commissioner, Brett Yormark talking about some of those future plans and how they prioritize criteria that meets what they're looking for. Here's Brett Yormark. So there has been conversations, obviously, right. about what would happen in, in that next TV cycle. Certainly right. 
nothing can be done now, nor should it. Uh, but as we think about the future and ways to create value, there is always that option to decouple um, basketball uh, from football to see if there's further value we can create for the conference. And we've positioned ourselves um, to do so. We have some guiding principles, you know, when we think about expansion. I mean, it's all strategic here. Um, and at the top is the academic alignment and the leadership and the cultural fit and the geography and the athletic performance and the upside that is that that a potential institution has as they would potentially, you know, join the Big 12. And we think about all those things as a collective group. And we discussed all those guiding principles this week. Now, time to to react. That's a mouthful there uh, by Brett Yormark. Yeah, so there, there's several things. Uh, decouple. Never heard that. Uh, never heard that uh, term uh, before. Is that what he said? A decouple. I he think said was- decouple. Yeah, I think that's uh, orig- originated by Gwen- Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, the Coldplay guy. <laughs> a conscious decoupling or uncoupling. Yeah, there you, there you go. <laughs> uh, he, he's talking. I, I, th- this this kind of got slipped in there a little bit in that he's talking about like the next round of TV negotiations, which pleases me to hear him phrase it that way because it tells me that Brett Yormark is in this for big picture. He's kind of, you know, looking down the line a bit and thinking big picture instead of just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, you know, wear this uh, commissioner hat for the big 12, kind of play with it for two or three years, see if I can't get it on the tracks and I'm out of here going to go do something different. I, and, and he still could, but I, I, sure. I do like that he's thinking off into the future and, some of these decisions are being made with the the future in mind, uh, big picture. So, Calvin, I don't know if we ultimately found out anything new at the end of last week. However, it, it, he is telling you point blank that they are trying to be outside the box, and if they can't, because we, we've kind of phrased it this way before. I'd be willing to bet they sat around the boardroom uh, at the at the Greenbrier um, there up in West Virginia, and they they went through various options. And I I know I know that almost for it has to be for you know the option A just has to be pointed toward the the, the Pac-12 options. But the, the fascinating thing is is what options B, C, D, E, F, G? How many how many letters do you go in the alphabet on? on various options on what they do. <laughs> and then the next thing is, see, and I, I'd be willing to bet you, though, too, that, that that a lot was decided from this standpoint, and this is the most crucial thing, is is when. When would those options be executed? And and we just simply don't know. And, and I, I just have to think that every option after option A has to do with once the Pac-12 hears what their media rights deal or once a Pac-12 school joins us or just says, hey, man, they've signed a new agreement, then, then we can kind of go to B, C, D, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and I know that like the Skuvenics of, of that group and, and all those, that's why I, I think he mentioned academics. You, you, you mentioned geography. You know, they don't – Brett Yormark has mentioned coast to coast. In theory, that sounds great. And you, you've tapped into all the time zones and all that. For a school president, 
you know, trying to fly their teams coast to coast and all that. There's an expense with that. There, there's a, uh, there's time lost in the classroom, you know, you know, you know, whatever there, there's real things uh, to that when you're going from, from, you know, the, the Zags to UConn, if that's a <laughs> conference game, right. Go, going, yeah. <laughs> going to Hawaii all the way to whatever. I don't know. Um, and so I, I think they probably had a lot of those kinds of conversations like, okay, Brett, if you want to, if you want to decouple and you want to do basketball only, what, what does this look like? What is this worth? Uh, do, do we know a dollar figure on this? Like, how would we execute th- this plan? Uh, how would we uh, – because c- when I hear him use the term decouple, it basically it's telling me we, we just want UConn's basketball program. We don't we don't want football. That That's the way I hear it. We're, we we don't want Gonzaga's other sports. We just want Gonzaga's basketball program. We see a value – in basketball, and and he kept saying we we feel it's undervalued out there. Well, I think he's about to go find out if he can create more at some level. Um, so uh, n- now, to me, this all changes, and maybe it doesn't, but I I think it all changes. If you were to get a bunch of yeses from two to four Pac-12 schools, maybe you don't even have to pursue this basketball only situation. But maybe yeah. you do. Maybe he's looking off into the distance and saying. Yeah, we want to do our football only deal, but I want to do this basketball only thing too. And let's let's create yeah. a whole separate, you know, contract and conference and I don't know, but he's trying to own that space. It's pretty clear he's telling you that repeatedly. Seems like you'd be foolish to rule anything out. Uh you would <laughs> yes. think, yeah, if you get into a position of adding power five options, then maybe that closes the door, but uh I, I wouldn't be so sure that, that that would actually be the case. And like geographical fit at this point in time, what does that mean? Like on the continental United States or planet Earth? Yeah. Milky Way galaxy. I mean, we've already stretched our legs plenty far and uh, I hope we'll continue to do so because I've also uh, been in favor of the Manifest Destiny Conference. Uh, he said we're not getting a new name. He said there will be a refreshed branding effort in 2024, but no new name. But I just think it's because he hasn't heard manifest destiny conference yet so when i get that in his ear we're probably going to have a name change and hopefully a nice cut of that merch for ya boy and speaking of merch you were just hearing the sound uh, of brett your mark there but you didn't see on video actually wearing a colorado shirt and a yukon ball cap uh, while he was delivering those comments so yeah definitely some options that they are uh, checking out is it a lie or not fact check it yourself and find out chris what we did find out a hard number. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark said that the conference is distributing around $440 million to its membership for that 22-23 calendar. Obviously, some projections uh, can be based off of that now as to what you might be looking at when you get into this new era. Very difficult to do because clearly you're swapping out two for an additional four that you hadn't even gotten in the league yet. So uh, we'll see what all that's going to look like. But I was curious uh, on your thoughts about what that number actually turned out to be. And I really do wonder, uh, from your perspective, do you believe or how far do you believe uh, someone could hypothetically really take basketball rights? Like, where where is this basketball money that is untapped uh, yet if it is out there? I was curious uh, on your thoughts about what that number actually turned out to be. And I really do wonder, uh, from your perspective, do you believe or how far do you believe uh, someone could hypothetically really take basketball rights. Like, where where is this basketball money that is untapped uh, yet if it is out there? 
Yeah, so so the, the the dollar figure doesn't surprise me. I think it, it's pretty fascinating to me that it, it depends on where you look at these numbers and how it's presented. Because yes, the ACC brought in more money. Yes, the Pac-12 may have even brought in uh, more money. However, they all have more members than you or did right. uh, than you did. But it, it's it's amount per school. That's what you're concerned about. And as far as that goes, like I think for 44 million per institution, which is all kind of as, as a tech, you know, podcast here, that's what we're kind of focused on is how does it affect the Red Raiders? And that's, you know, 44 mil is is third in the country behind the SEC and the Big Ten and whatever order that is. But you're, you're third. That's the third most because there's there's only distributing it to, to 10 schools. Now, that's going to change a bit. And. Uh, obviously, there, there's going to be a few more mouths to feed, but I think they're going to kind of get worked into the equation. But it, so that that part doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I, I think like th- there was a uh, and and, I, and I'll I'll mention the the basketball you know component here in a second about yeah. maybe trying to monetize that. But this was like a, a random kind of one of those boring emails that we get from the Big Twelve last week. Most people probably didn't even pay attention to it, and it was a. An email about from Brett Yormark about how, or, or the, the league about how we're going to create this commercial arm. Um, and I forgot exactly the, the, the phrasing of it, but it essentially was we're going to create an arm in the league to go find sponsorships for, for title events. And, and I think one of the events mentioned was the All Big 12 Pro Day that they have decided to do in Frisco. And so th- there's, there's now somebody or somebody's in the conference office that will be, whether it's third party or in the office that will be tasked with finding a, a title sponsor for this event and, or, or, or sponsors. And, and this is, this is just one of those under the radar creating revenue opportunities that Brady or Mark is trying to, to get done. And it, and it, because you're trying to, you, you know, keep up and you're trying to kind of cut into that gap that the Big Ten and the SEC have created and you're trying to figure out every little thing that you can. And so I just didn't want to gloss over that little tidbit because I think that is that is he's trying to generate uh, revenue for the league by, 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 by having this event. And I, and I think they'll be able to do it. How much? I don't know. I think he's about to try to find out. As far as the basketball thing goes, I've seen I've seen people you know kind of thumbs up this thumbs down people are kind of you know t- a bit timid with it just not real sure because we don't know the context yeah. is this a twenty team basketball league I mean because I-, I could see everything from we're going to just add some schools they're going to play basketball only maybe we increase our conference game count uh, by a bit or I could see a scenario to where you know last week we were talking Cowan about. The, the 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 discussion the theories I should say about the Big Ten and the SEC just saying you know what we're just going to have an AFC and NFC we're just going to play with each other all our games are going to be like it's going to be like a mini NFL I I can I can see that you could have the same theory with what your markers want to do with hoops you know to where you just say man if if we scoop up twenty two programs or something you know you 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 could play eleven teams twice you you can play some crossover games you you know I I, yeah. I know I'm not in any way suggesting that's what he's doing but it, it just seems like he's trying to figure out how to own that space and 
you know, the, there, there are people on, on the San Diego State campus and in the UNLV campus, they have been, you know, the, the, the word on those campuses is we're going somewhere. We just don't know where. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that part of the basketball only and then the Pac-12 media rights and all, it's all kind of just ties in together. There, there's some of these institutions that I think are going to get their name called in some form or fashion. It could be full-fledged member of Pac-12, full-fledged of the Big 12, basketball only in the Big 12. Something is going to happen here. And I think with like San Diego State, it's got to happen in June, you know. But uh, I, we've talked about Vegas. You know, I was just there, what, uh, about a week ago. And it's in November and December, it, it, is, a, it is a college basketball mecca of sorts. And it, and it is again in March. Because they've got four to five arenas, you've got you know I mean it's gonna be it's gonna host the NBA Summer League this summer, but you know in November December there are non conference like double headers and games going on, neutral site stuff going on. It's wild. Uh, MGM has an arena, T Mobile has an arena, the Orleans Arena is where the NIT uh, hosted that. The Mandalay Bay has the, the arena. That's where some of the uh, the 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 summer league stuff. So and, and I think Brett Yormark, as we've talked about, he sees revenue opportunities. Can we run, you know, special events out of this deal and get sponsors? Well, heck yeah, you can. It's already happening. But you could put the Big 12 brand over it and have some of your, you know, expanded basketball league. I don't know. Like, like you know, with, with some, you know, November and December type events. You could have your conference tournament there uh, potentially instead of in, in Kansas City if, if, if Vegas would pay you more. I mean, there's a variety of different – opportunities there in Las Vegas, in my opinion. But I, I just think, hey, he's a Brooklyn Nets guy. He's a concert guy. He's a boxing guy. This is somebody that basketball is is his sweet spot, in my opinion, because he's lived in that NBA, you know, sizzle, you know, pomp and circumstance type world for so many years. And I think that he's trying to figure out how to tap into that at the collegiate level. And he sees – because I, I don't know if he came into this still thinking this, but I think he saw last year and he's like, damn, you know, this league, this league can hoop. And you hear all you heard all the national talk. And so now it's trying to figure out how do we attach a dollar figure to that? Hmm. It's going to be really interesting, and I'm sure he'll leave no stone unturned. But uh, got to wonder where it might come from if there is some untapped, you know, basketball cash spout. And I guess in this new Big 12 era, that that's the the primary focus for me, the thing I'm most interested in is protecting that member institution payout, Chris, because that's yeah. what you were able to do so well when you became a 10 team league. And I think you were very judicious in not expanding at various points. I saw a uh, local Jack wagon, Stu Mandel of sports illustrated, or I don't know, some rag out there, um, you know, talking about once again, well, the big 12, you know, years ago, they turned their nose up at Houston and since they didn't want them then, but now what's changed uh ut and ou left jackass what do you what do you mean what's changed the two biggest brands in the league left so the entire situation changed obviously well I yeah the, was... the, the pac-12 always thumbed their nose up at san diego state and now <laughs> they may like, be like please please like us please, that that's when like you us. know that yeah. something is so agenda driven it should just be like part of the marketing department. There's nothing in Stu Mandel's brain that made him think this is a nice 
insightful investigative piece as to the situation with the Big 12 Conference. Because when you put out a headline like that, it's like, well, you know what the difference is. Or maybe, I don't know, you're too mush brain to not. I don't know. But that's when you know there is agenda behind it. It's just like with these numbers like conference total payout or total revenue generated. Jim Phillips is yakking about being number three in the nation as far as money made. That's the ACC commissioner. Buddy, your members are making less than Big 12 members. You don't get that? You don't understand why Florida State's trying to get the hell out of there because UCF's about to be making more than they are? So let's drop the charade. I know college sports is all about marketing and manipulation. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, on occasion during the regular season, you'll see somebody from the whack and they're like, oh, look at this top four statistical defense in the nation. When the last three week, weeks they played Tom, Dick, and Harry University. Uh, we can see, you know, the difference here. So it just all kind of ties into me, Chris, and everybody using obviously what they can as far as the talking point that they want to really drive home. But the reality was for the Big 12 for all these years since they became a 10-team league that they were making more money than anyone outside of the Big 10 or the SEC per member institution. I'm really curious as to how that's going to evolve or change. I hope it doesn't get so far to the direction of being dilutive that you really hamstring yourself there. But I don't think it will. Either way, Chris, I do believe that when we get into this next phase, you're going to find someone looking at the Big 12 conference and maybe a little bit surprised at how appealing the situation might be if you've only been gobbling up the Stu Mandel narratives out there all along. You know, eventually a re reality is going to show up. Like oh, This will all come to a head. The rubber will meet the road, and whatever agenda-driven articles that have been written and pushed here or there will matter nothing because at the end of the day, cash makes a ooh-ooh. You know what the saying is, and it's not one I can repeat on this family-friendly program. Uh, but that's where the reality lies. And the Big 12 has been uh, in a good situation per member institution within that reality for a long period of time now. And I hope that will continue. But you got to feel like, you know, it's as exciting as it's ever been with this commissioner. I think you touched on it earlier. Doesn't feel like a band aid. Doesn't feel like I was thinking about the name Chuck Ninus when you were talking about that, um, who kind of arrived on the scene is like, all right, I'll put out this Dan Beebe raging inferno. Uh, and then I'm out. And then Bob Bowlesby was kind of in the picture for a more extended period. But it doesn't quite feel that way with you or Mark. Hopefully we're not misreading that because I'm just enjoying the adventure, you know, if nothing else. Well, <laughs> so I'd like him to hang around. Yeah, he, he's I think he's going to take you on a, a wild ride. And people may agree or disagree. <laughs> and I think he's he's rolled the dice and and. I think done really well. And, and there may be come a time where it's like, okay, th there's a misstep here or there. I don't know if some sure. maybe feel like he's already taken one of those. Um, but hey, we uh, may get some details yeah. on one of those perceived missteps this week. Cause he said we were going to get more info on big 12 Mexico. And I know there are a lot of varying opinions <laughs> on that excursion, <laughs> but be on the lookout this week because, uh, Mr. Yormark said details uh, this week on, I guess, the intentions there uh, with the Big 12 abroad. So we'll be here on Locked on Texas yeah. Tech covering that whenever it comes across the bow. Chris, enjoy the time as always, man. Uh, the insight and perspectives. Thanks again, and we'll do it tomorrow. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Uh, keep hope alive, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. We'll be back to recap for better or worse, whatever's going down today in Gainesville, Florida with Tim Tadlock and the Red Raiders. So be there or be square. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you again for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech.